What's up, guys? Last episode of the week. Today is Friday, August 27th, episode 171. And today I have Jay Frazier with BSTX, the Boston Security and Token Exchange. We cover how they are waiting for SEC approval uh, with regulation so that they are able to list uh, companies, mostly small cap companies, on their exchange as tokens, which helps create more access and liquidity for that market. So if you want to learn more, be sure to tune in and subscribe and share this episode with somebody that you think would like to learn more about the Boston Security Token Exchange blockchain and Jay Frazier. Enjoy. All right, Jay, welcome to the Blockhash podcast live. How are you doing? What's up? Good, Brandon. Thanks, man. Appreciate you having us today. Yeah, I appreciate having you on um, and for you taking the time as well. So tell me a little bit just to get started about yourself. Um, so the audience, as we get into this, has a bit of an idea of who you are and what you do. Um, so like, what's your background? How'd you get into the space? Yeah, sure. Uh, I was a big bank guy uh, for a long time, uh, left banking and got into uh, fintech before fintech was really a word, primarily on the institutional trading uh, for uh, for equities. Um, so a business that was highly, uh, highly um, manual, high touch process that over over the ages has become a very low touch process. Um, so through that, um, I ended up working at um, IEX, which was the Flash Boys book by Michael Lewis. And while I was there, um, we ended up getting pitched pretty much everything because of the, the you know, the book. Right. And uh, we were pitched to actually uh, run uh, this was like 2014 uh, pitched to actually provide technology for a for a bit for a budding bitcoin exchange uh, we actually passed on the opportunity because it didn't really fit our mandate but it it introduced me to uh to you know one of the, the very first crypto basically right so uh then you know kind of followed the winklevoss twins and they're and they're you know evangelizing the the coin throughout their creation the gemini and um and while i was working at iex really felt like there was an opportunity for the regulated markets um, to, you know, to be a part of this. Right. And, and so far really hasn't unfolded that way. So that's why we're working at BSTX to, to actually bridge the gap between the traditional uh, finance and, and, you know, much more less traditional uh, new uh, crypto and digital markets. Yeah. Looking back, was there anything about crypto in particular that really piqued your interest that made you want to be in the space more than anywhere else? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, listen, here's one of the most, with the exception of ecosystem, here's one of the most overused phrases, democratization of, of uh, and access, right? But I truly, as an exchange, you know, uh, professional, you know, I kind of kind of believe in democratization, access to, to, to markets and to securities. And, and, um, you know, back in the day, you know, capital markets, companies went public really early, right? You know, Microsoft, Intel's, AOL, as a matter of fact, Steve Case likes to tell the story that people come up to him on the streets in Virginia and thank him for putting their kids through college and, you know, putting, um, you know, funding their retirement account. But now companies go public much later. Right. And, you know, only about one percent of the companies in the country are public. It's 27 million private companies in the country. Right. It's kind of ridiculous. Right. So I think that the fact that public market access has dropped by half in the last 15 years that you know crypto and digital markets have the opportunity to bring companies to market for the public investor way sooner 
than, than this traditional IPO march, which is made up and largely dominated by banks and dominated by incumbent exchanges. And, you know, the processes are the same like railroads went public for, right? I mean, it's stuck in, in you know, it, it's just really lost in, in time. And so, you know, we believe that uh, digital markets and access to securities at a younger stage in their evolution is is super important. So ergo, the democratization, right? You know, to, right. to, to harpen back to that. Why is that access dropped so much? Is it like, um, is that income gap or is it just, you know, uh, finance getting so complicated nowadays or what's holding people back? Yeah, it's a couple things. Um, you know, you can't, certainly cannot um, argue against the creation of the private equity fund, right? And the venture capital fund, right? And that's created a heck of a lot of, um, a heck of a lot of opportunities for younger companies that may not would have seen the light of day. So it's super beneficial for capital markets. But what's slightly complicated there is those companies can get funding for so much longer in their life cycle. Like used to be, you know, you get an A round, B round, and then you went public, right? Now you're talking about like D, E, F. I mean, you can go all through the alphabet with rounds, right? So I think that, that ha that's one part of it. The other part of it is the IPO process itself is, is way too complicated for a young company, right? You have to have a CFO, you have to have a full board, you have to have, you know, uh, a banking relationship, right? To actually approach New York Stock Exchange or NASDAQ. So that's why there's like 40,000 companies listed on over-the-counter markets because it's a, le it's, a lesser, uh, it's a lesser burden for being public. Um, so, you know, Coinbase talks about millions of assets being listed on their market eventually, right? You know, we're hundreds, we're thousands, right? Um, so I think that, you know, if we can simplify the process by these companies being able to be access to public markets, then I think you see a sea change. Now we're going through a renaissance right now. There's a lot of companies going public. But again, like buying Microsoft 20 years ago is a lot different experience for the investor than buying Uber, you know, 18 months ago, right? In terms of a, a pure return perspective, right? So, it, and there's been a lot of like work at the regulatory, excuse me, at the legislative level, like the Jobs Act, and all these things to kind of and your reggae offerings to try to spur. But at the end of the day, the processes at the incumbent exchanges is too complex, too expensive and, and not worth the hassle when there's plenty of public money, excuse me, plenty of private money around. Yeah. So, right. Is that what you guys are aiming to do solution wise with BSTX? Is that the goal? Yeah, 100 percent. So our original plan was to create a digital marketplace for regulated securities. So. Um, you know, if you think about, again, what's listed on, I keep using Coinbase, but they're not the only listings exchange, obviously, right? But there's some really solid companies that are listed there that probably with a lighter touch from a, uh, from a listing perspective could qualify to be public companies. So we are looking to, to simplify the process, make it less expensive, encourage direct listings, which, you know, listen, Coinbase just did a direct listing a few weeks ago. Um, you know, there's been a, there's been a number of them, but rarely do, does a small company go that route because they tend to need to raise capital. Right. But there's still a lot of successful smaller companies that that don't want to go through the whole IPO banking. But that that system is embedded in the process to go to the incumbent exchanges. So we want to be the middle ground. Right. Always going to be a home for smaller projects that can get capital on a Coinbase, right? And there's always going to be a home for big, big companies that can go public on the, the primary and the incumbent exchanges. So we want to be that middle ground. And that's exactly what we're, and we're also doing it with 
regulators, right? We're working with the SEC to come up with an exchange that actually serves both um, both traditional and, and non-traditional finance. Um, so yeah, that that's really at the end of the day, that's the stated goal. You know, how we get there is is never as as uh, as easy as it is to say it, right? Yeah, what's that process like with the SEC right now? I know you guys are awaiting approval, correct? We are, we are, and we have iterated with them for the better part of two years. And you know, to their credit, this is a totally different beast, right? You know, I mean, all the other exchanges talk about being a trading market, right? There's 16 equity exchanges in the U.S. and and, and, and honestly, that's also part of the problem. Small cap securities, they trade really poorly when they're spread around all these different exchanges. And that was the whole premise of the Flash Boys book, by the way, what we worked on at IEX, right? So uh, small companies, you know, the portfolio managers at big funds tend to not invest in small caps because it's just too hard to get in and out because of the nature of the exchanges. So we want to consolidate that trading volume on one exchange so small caps have a better trading experience for their investors. So that's one of the things we're iterating with the SEC. But listen, the conversations are fluid. They're very robust. They have been going on for a couple of years. And, you know, again, as far as the regulators are concerned, we're trying to find the middle ground. It's never going to be exactly what we want to do. But the hope is it's not going to be exactly what the regulators first, you know, inclination is, is to, you know, kind of quash like, you know, innovations, right? Because it's risky for them. So we have to iterate, you know, we spend a tremendous amount of money uh, with our attorneys and, you know, redoing our filings to their, to their, um, you know, this isn't like some fly by night thing. I mean, our two backers are the Boston securities uh, with the Boston options exchange, which is part of, which is, uh, which is part of TMX, the Toronto stock exchange. And then T zero is our technology partner. So we have really high quality, you know, participants across both spectrum, traditional finance, and non-traditional finance to help us get this done. So, but the SEC is key, and that's really where we're working to. to uh, yeah, it, more closely. is that is it a hassle? You know, trying to work with the SEC to get stuff like this done because you know on the outside we always see like these articles and news cycles come out talking about how someone's trying to do some something with Bitcoin futures or trying to do an ETF or. Um, mm -hmm. trying to list something like an exchange or on an exchange. And then SEC is always in the middle, um, you know, pushing back or, you know, creating a, a bit of a roadblock. Is, is that really what it's like? Is it frustrating or do they really work with you? And are they like just really strict or what, what's it like? Yeah. So the, you know, the end state is really the most important thing, right? So, you know, what, what happens day to day with our, with our frustrations around the filings is, 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 is real, right? You know, sometimes we disagree, um, but we're just really trying to get to the point at the end state where both parties are happy. We have a business we can stand up and they have an exchange that they can look at. And at the end of the day, the SEC is really, you know, they're, whether you want to say hamstrung or guided by the Securities Exchange Act in 1934, right? So investor protection is their doctrine, right? And, and honestly, that's why we actually are a proponent of a light touch for regulation for, for digital and crypto assets, because that will bring more participants to the, the I'm, I'm going to overuse the word, I promise I wouldn't use the ecosystem, right? And mm -hmm. it's just, it, 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 it's going to take regulation to make, to take crypto from a $2 trillion overall market cap to a $20 trillion overall market cap. It's not going to happen without regulation, right? Because you can't get enough new investors. Right. We need the real money investing, the Wellingtons, the Fidelities, the big mutual funds to represent, you know, 
the rest of America. We only have about 14% of the country trades crypto, right? About 50% own stocks outright. And the balance of it own everything in mutual funds, right? So when the SEC thinks about the new exchange, they have to think about the small investor, right? And ensuring that they don't, uh, that they're protected, right? But we're totally committed to the same, to the, to the same principles. Um, but yeah, of course, yeah. Look, working with any, any kind of regular, I mean, working with your local police department can be frustrating, right? If you're trying to get, you know, if you're trying to pay a ticket, right? So no question, any government entity can give you some agita, but at the end of the day, they, you know, they've worked with us very closely in, in two different administrations, right? You know, we have Commissioner Gensler now, the Commissioner Clayton before, and um, at the end of the day, I think they'd, they'd like to see this come off, come, come off and, and be a, re a real, real alternative to, to traditional finance and non-traditional finance. Yeah, if and when you get the regulatory approval, do you feel like it would help set precedent in the space to have that for other people to do something similar um, along the lines of what you guys are doing with crypto and traditional finance and exchanges? Yeah, no question. So no, no differently than Coinbase has obviously spurred and spawned, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, lookalikes is not the right word, but you know, it spawned competitors that have said, oh, geez, if these guys can be successful, we can be successful. That's a great, that's a great outcome, right? So if we can get a digital securities exchange that is regulated by the SEC that enables securities listings of, you know, smaller companies, and then those companies are traded on other digital exchanges at, that are hosted by the New York Stock Exchange or by NASDAQ or by whomever, that's a great outcome, right? Because then again, you know, you're creating this, there's no single entity. And I, I don't think any, even the most powerful people in crypto, I don't think that they would, they would sit and say, oh, the only way this happens is via my work, right? I think they would all say, this is, takes a, 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 not even a village, right? It takes a world to get this right. So we, and, and listen, the, you know, there's already, this is not like some kind of like pie in the sky idea, right? There's a Swiss exchange that's digital, right? And there's small cap exchanges in Canada via the Toronto Ventures Exchange. There's small cap exchange in London via AIM. There's the Hong Kong Connect. Right? All these little pieces that we're trying to put together in one mosaic is is being done. So it's And so if we can get it done, we absolutely welcome other participants in the space. No doubt. But we want to be first. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, you want to be first. Yeah. 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 yeah, you put your name on it. Um, yeah. Okay, so let's say you get all that. Let's say BSTX is ready to go. It's 100%. What are you guys looking to want to trade or list more specifically? Are these going to be the small cap companies and stuff that don't get the exposure? Is it going to be crypto? Is it going to be a combination? So it definitely will be securities. So, you know, however the SEC ends up defining securities, and I think that's an open question right now, right? But to us, like, these will be real companies with real balance sheets and real income statements. So, you know, Probably, you know, if we go back to the, the different rounds of financing, these would be companies that would be in their CD round of financing, right? And maybe it's time. That's been 10 years private, and maybe it's time. But, you know, we're not looking to welcome, like, white papers or projects. We're looking to welcome real companies that maybe just haven't felt like the large exchanges are a good spot for them, right? And the over-the-counter exchange, sure, you can go public there. But again, that's not a regulated exchange. So, you know, mutual funds in the majority of America just is not going to look for your security listed there. Um, but, you know, we believe that with the, uh, you know, with the, uh, with the regulatory imprint of the SEC allow us to bring real companies. So, um, and, you know, we could evolve, right? And we're definitely going to file for 
you know, we, we, as part of our exchange application, you know, we will accept exchange traded products, right? So ETFs, like, you know, maybe we can take the first Bitcoin ETF, right? You know, there's, we will um, be, you know, very open to innovation as far as the listing products, but they won't be, like I said, they won't be white papers, they won't be ICOs. They'll be real companies that people can, you know, dig into. They want, and, you know, all these S coins, you know, keeping it PG here, you know, these are not things that we're going to look to list on our market, right? You're never going to find uh, in 10 years time that BSTX, half of the revenue comes from trading, you know, Dogecoin, right? Just not going right. to happen. <laughs> I, I believe the SEC has o issued an open letter or token guidance in the past on certain tokens that companies have created, and they have said that they consider them to be the equivalent of securities. Is that something mm -hmm. that you guys could look at potentially listing as well for companies in the future? Or even aside from that, if, if a company wanted to be represented as a token um, instead of a traditional stock, even though it would be considered a security anyways, would you want to trade it that way potentially? Yeah, no question. I mean, the, the initial, so the whole initial idea around BSTX, which stands for Boston Securities Token Exchange, by mm -hmm. the way, was that we were going to list those kind of securities, digital securities, not certificated securities, right? You know, okay. that we're going to be cleared on the blockchain. They were going to have, you know, uh, immutable data embedded in, you know, in their, in their token um, for, you know, ownership and transferability and anything else you need, like, you know, like there's a lot of uh, work that goes on behind the scenes at exchanges and clearing houses around when people can sell securities, when they can't sell security, all this stuff can be put in tokenized format and it would make, you know, it would clean up. I mean, you could really talk about T0 clearing because you don't have to, you wouldn't have to have all these. I mean, it's crazy that I can go on Coinbase after our call and I can sell BTC and I'll have the money in my account immediately, right? If I go to sell IBM on the New York Stock Exchange, I got to wait two days. Like they're just too far apart, right? So tokenization gets that done, um, but tokenization is probably going to be, you know, 2.0 as far as BSTX is concerned, um, because the SEC is looking for us to start a little less um, uh, flamboyantly, I guess, uh, right, and be mm -hmm. a little bit more mainstream at the outset. But yeah, it's a, it's a good it's a good route to go. Eventually, though, um, you know, 2.0 or not using tokenization, it adds so much more flexibility for a company and, and for you guys too when listing. It takes out so much of that process, um, you know, when doing so, and makes it easier for traders and buyers and sellers. And yeah, yeah, I mean, it's happening in the, in the um, you know all the ATSs, right? So there's a there's a whole bevy of alternative trading systems that have been approved by Fenra to to trade digital securities. So you've got um, you've got T0, which is, you know, one of our partners, you've got Rialto markets, you've got Carta X, you've got a whole, like I said, a whole INX, um, you've got a whole host of these guys that are open to trading digital securities. They just, there's nothing traded in the regulated space. So we'd love to work with all those ATSs when their companies are ready to graduate, but bring them to market in a tokenized form. Don't, you know, don't turn it to a certificated form, right? Keep it, as such, because you know, if, if the model works on the off exchange model, then the model works on the own exchange model. So yeah, so I mean, you know, the the key, Brandon, is just getting the approval done, and then mm -hmm. we can be super innovative. And because, and we'll also have a seat at the table. We'll just, right now, we're non, you know, we're just an idea. We're just a concept, right? But once you become an exchange, you know, you're one of seven. You know, one of only about four exchange families in the U.S. Right, uh, who operate an exchange. Um, and you just have a bigger seat at the table and, you know, just a little bit more heft to being able to bring, um, you know, different types of 
innovative ideas. And, you know, anything we bring to market is not going to cannibalize our current market, right? So we're, you know, because we don't have a market yet. So, like, we can be super creative and super innovative. Yeah. And so people bring us ideas. We'll absolutely investigate it and work on it with them. Absolutely. And that's the best part about being early and early stage doing stuff like this and still conceptual because you can really experiment and get creative with what you could do in the future um, and where you could take it. You're not bound to go one direction or the other right now. So that's got to be incredibly Precisely. beneficial for you guys. Um, mm -hmm. You know, other than, you know, traditional stock type equities and stuff and tokenization, what about like um, like options or ETFs or mutual funds or futures? Is that another re potential route you guys could go? Yeah. So every security that gets listed on our market would have the opportunity to have, you know, futures, well, not futures, excuse me, but have options tied to that. So we are an options exchange at our heart. So absolutely, we would create um, some, you know, we would create um, derivative, listed derivative products. Um, you know, futures is more the purvey of the CFTC and we're going to be regulated by the SEC. But listen, proprietary products, you talk to anybody who has exchange background, proprietary products are the best. Those are the best ever because you only trade on your market, you set price, you have all the trading, um, you know, it's really so yeah, we'll, we'll look to be very creative. Um, we'll definitely look to list any kind of other products. We'll list to look to list Canadian securities, we'll look to list ADRs, which are, you know, American depository receipts that represent ownership and like British Petroleum and, and companies like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, anything in exchange list, once we have our application done, we can list. Um, but you know, it may not be that interesting for a company just to have a me too. Okay, well, the New York Stock Exchange, NASDAQ can do that. Great, you can too. We have to be a little bit more creative and bring a little bit more, um, you know, bring a little bit more innovation to the room to get people to, to notice that, honestly. Yeah. So if, if you're a company out there and you're considering, you know, in the future, listing yourself on BSTX versus like NASDAQ or, or OTC traditionally, What's the main benefit you would say for them to list through BSTX? What what's there for them to to gain by doing that versus in a traditional sense? Well, if a company, you know, I would never uh, venture to say that a monster company um, that like let's use Coinbase for example, probably Coinbase mm -hmm. like you know uh, hemmed and hawed and you know kind of wrung their hands about going on a traditional exchange, right? But at the end of the day, a monster company like that has the ability to get all the marketing that the exchange offers, you know, NASDAQ offered them to have them list, right? So that's free advertising. So there, for a big monster company at this stage in our evolution, there wouldn't be a whole lot of benefit for listing on BSTX unless you just wanted to make a big, um, you know, if you just wanted to make a big point, right? Okay, non-traditional assets of the future, we're putting our you know, we're putting our money where our mouth is and we're going to list our security on BSTX. I mean, I would I'd welcome that, obviously, but I'd be very surprised. The benefit to BSTX is going to be a few things. First of all, the ability to kind of help us, you know, um, to create, you know, the market, right? So there are some private companies that have come to us and said, hey, you know, we're interested in listing our security. Just like you mentioned a couple minutes ago, you're like, would you, would people come to you and have these ideas? So we're, we're super creative. Like, we don't have to, we're not, constrained by any, you know, uh, by any, uh, you know, longstanding process or, you know, obviously we have to stay within the rules of the exchange, but, you know, we can be super creative. So that's really where the benefit is, right? And also, like companies that go public on our market, it's going to be new. Um, it's going to be digitally related. You know, we're going to use blockchain for our market data. 
we're going to give the um, the opportunity for um, for participants to clear more quickly at the exchange level if they find another person who wants to uh, wants to clear quickly. So there's just there is some argument to be had for for innovate for being part of an innovative group that's you know trying to upend the way listings are done. Um, and also, you know, we'll be cheaper and you know we'll be smaller, so we'll have better service for our end issuers. Um, but you know, it's a it's a um, you know it's a it's a I wouldn't say it's a narrow list. It'll broaden over time, but at the outset, it's really just going to be like you know companies did a reg A, so you know they're kind of like ready for listing, but they don't think the New York Stock Exchange or Nasdaq over the counter really does anything for them um, reputationally because they're in a non like commercial sector. Let's say they do an they're an infrastructure play or there's some kind of you know, they just, you know, like a bunch of advertising on NASDAQ is not going to do them any good for their business model. So they might be like, oh, we'd rather be, you know, we'd rather have some articles written about us that are, look how innovative these folks are when they talk about access and capital markets. So that that would be where our sweet spot is. That makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. Got it. Um, let me ask you one more question. Um, sure. You know, given the, you know, the, how, important the infrastructure bill has been lately i feel like i should touch on it and i should ask you because it's it's kind of relevant do you mm-hmm. feel like any of the you know the jargon in there regarding crypto and blockchain um and this whole trying to label certain exchanges and whatnot as brokers um and, and whatnot is there anything in there that would be that would hold back bstx or that makes it more difficult potentially or does it not really affect you guys yeah it's really more of a crypto uh bill right um so, you know, we are, you know, at the end of the day, we are 100 uh, percent in support of light regulation. Right. So anything, like I said, building the marketplace is going to take light regulation. Right. It just brings more people that feel more trust. Right. And, and no one can sit here and argue with us that there isn't bad actors in crypto because there are. Right. You know, there's rug pulls. There are, there are things that happen all the time, right? You're way closer to it than me, but, you know, you see these things, right? And someone who does a rug pull isn't exactly the person you want, you know, <laughs> you know, trading on an exchange, right? You want someone who's not going to do act in that way, right? But the bill as it is formed now isn't, so we applaud the fact of thinking about regulation. That's great, right? So crypto's become mainstream, right? I guess, right? Um, to a certain extent, but, you know, like, broad brush strokes with labeling all participants is the same. So a miner is a broker, a broker is a broker in crypto. doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. It just seems like it adds a lot of complexity to actually people's processes that actually isn't going to actually root out fraud or tax evasion. It's, it's, it's not a very, it's not a very creative uh, answer to regulation. So it it doesn't really affect us. I mean, to, to, to a large extent, you know, people conflate digital securities and crypto all the time, right? We're always labeled, you know, but as the as the drumbeat grows for regulation in crypto and digital, that benefits us, right? Because people are like, oh, well, look at these guys. They're actually a regulated solution. Um, and, you know, the, that that's that is uh, of interest and appealing to the SEC because then they can say, hey, look, guys, we're we're part of the solution. We're going to give these guys the opportunity, BSTX, to list securities um, that, you know, and, and use blockchain and do these things on the margin. Um, so we would not be in favor of like very, not, you know, not very well thought out 
regulation, right? And I think this is one that's probably not well thought out. And I'm actually kind of amazed at how well the crypto market as a whole is acted, you know, since that legislation, because it's a, if it passes in its current state, it's a hassle and it's actually going to move people offshore, right? Um, to not operate in the US, right? And I think that's the other piece of the puzzle is getting regulators to coalesce and synthesize regulations globally would be really beneficial because it's a global market, right? I mean, you know, the crypto is the is it the global market, right? Beyond any other market that there is. And so I think it would be more beneficial for them to work together, but we, would, we are in support of, like I said, light touch regulation in the marketplace. Yeah, I think a huge saving grace right now is the IRS. They, they pretty much came out and said that, you know, screw the bill. I mean, it doesn't fit the way we see it. There's no way we can realistically apply it. And the IRS is, uh, and the SEC have been all over this stuff from the very beginning trying to understand it. And, you know, lawmakers on Capitol Hill don't understand it very well. So whatever they want to push out, you know, whatever they want to put into a bill, if it doesn't fit, you know, certain government bodies, you know, standards and how they see it, I mean, they're probably not going to follow it too much. The IRS has already said that they wouldn't. I imagine the SEC will probably take their own stance regardless as well. Um, and even if they did, even if it became a huge issue in the U.S., yeah, crypto is global. Um, and that innovation is definitely not going to stop. In fact, there will be another jurisdiction that takes advantage of that because they want, you know, the business and the money to come to them if it's not going to be in the U.S. So, you know, if the U.S. wants to, you know, be the number one economy in the world and they want to keep up and, uh, they want to be on top still, and they want to lead in tech, especially when we got places like China breathing down their neck um, year after year. Then you have to maintain that that level of innovation in your country. So I yeah. imagine that no you know if they put out stupid laws, they probably won't get followed by a lot of government bodies. Um, here's a good question, though. I'll ask you one more question, mm -hmm. then we'll and then we'll wrap sure. it up for good. Um, yeah. If you could snap your fingers and you could put a regulation into law that you think would be proper or beneficial immediately? I maybe you've thought about it, maybe you haven't. Um, what would that look like? The, I would, I would um, allow for digital tokens to trade in regulated markets, like as a class of securities. And um, it's like its own type of class or fit into yeah, a security class? Exactly. Yeah, and so it would have much lower listing standards so it could, you know, it's just, it, it, so the listing standards as they're written really were, I mean, like NASDAQ was the answer. So New York Stock Exchange used to have a rule that said you had to have two years of profitability. I don't remember exactly the number, but it was like 20 years ago. The reason NASDAQ exists is because New York Stock Exchange had this silly rule that you had to be profitable for like two years before you could list on their market, right? And that's why NASDAQ came around, right? Listing all these, the, these Microsofts and these, crazy tech names, right? You know, Intel. And um, so New York Stock Exchange changed that rule, uh, you know, to be competitive in the tech space, right? So it's the say it's like, you know, fast forward to today. Um, why not allow for more companies to be in the public domain? And if you can do it via tokenization, and you can have investor protection, and you can have an immutable record of all the ownership of these securities and where they're trading, then why not do it, right? If you put it in a regulated world and so it's the onus is on us, it's on the New York Stock Exchange, it's on NASDAQ to ensure for investor protection that these securities aren't fraudulent and they do have management that is you know, capable and qualified and they have had a, a, a 
a series of um, of quarters where they have revenue, but much much lower than the bar that's set today, um, because a lot of the you know these good companies get relegated to like I said over the counter or the American Stock Exchange. Like why not put them out in the public purvey via much cheaper, quicker listing, direct listing process, um, and that's you know honestly that's what BSTX's original goal was, and and we're going to pivot back to that. You know we're going to once we have a seat at the table, we're going to file for the ability to do exactly that. So, and you know, as you mentioned earlier, nothing the SEC is a snap of the fingers, but if I could encourage someone at the SEC to think about, you know, this point, uh, you know, I would look around globally, right? You know, like I said, Toronto Ventures Exchange, AIM, Hong Kong Connect are all trying to encourage smaller companies to go public earlier in their life cycle and their evolution. And then I would take the technology that's available today to make it easy for these, which is clearly happening, right? And we've got, you know, I don't even know what the number of Coinbase lists every day, but they must list dozens of new products every day that they have some kind of general, you know, process around listing standards, right? Bring those two things together, put them in the regulated domain and let the American and the global public, investing public that only trades 14% of crypto today have access to digital securities. That's what I would do. And fully thought out, obviously, as you can probably tell. <laughs> Yeah, very thought out. Yeah. But yeah. Maybe it will go that way in the future. Who knows? Anyways, it, um, it, it will. We're all betting it will. And everybody I talk to is like, you know, you all just got to play the long game. You got to play the long game because this is the way it's going to go. But it takes time. Takes time it it does take time. time. We'll get there. Yeah. We'll get there. Being optimistic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways, Same. Jabe, thank you for taking time to come on the podcast and explain BSTX and go into all the detail. I, I really appreciate it. Um, it's going to be very helpful for a lot of people. Um, so thank you for making the time and being on today. Yeah, Brandon, it's a real pleasure. Um, and, um, you know, hopefully our paths will cross again when we're post, uh, post the approval process and we're starting to think about all these innovative uh, rule filings that we can put in. Really oh, absolutely. It. You guys got to come back on in the future once you get your SEC approval. No question. All right, man. Have a good night. You too.